What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Weird Stories of the Paranormal Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, Mr. Halloween Lascano, and today we're doing some an unprecedented show uh, because I will be flying solo. Our team members are a bit busy with life, and even though I miss them very much and I wish they were here with me to do a show today, um, they got things to school because, as you know, uh, they work at the school district. Uh, you know, my nephew's always busy with his job. My cousin Jennifer, who's our long-distance uh, uh, podcaster from uh, Carolina. So our schedules have been conflicting and have not been able to work together properly lately. But that's okay because we're going to make it work, uh, especially since we're coming up on a year um, of our podcast being done, which was actually last month. And we're actually coming up on a year and a couple days of when we actually started to get uh, what you would call syndicated. In other words, we had other platforms that decided to carry our show and started to uh, put us out there for everybody to see. Because before that, our first few episodes were only through Anchor. So if you didn't know about us or we didn't put ourselves out there enough, only people who we tagged in Facebook and told uh, different types of social medias uh, would be able to know who we are. So, um, and that's going to be a year um, on Christmas Eve. We actually have a year doing the show as of last month on, I believe, the 17th of November was or the 12th was the first time we ever did a show. But like always, folks, I want to tell everybody out there, you know, be safe, wear your masks, get your uh, vaccines, get your boosters, do what you need to do. Uh, we are now going on almost two years with COVID, which has now turned itself into or, or transformed itself into the Delta, which has now become a new variant called Omicron. And even though I know a lot of people out there are saying the Omicron is not as dangerous as the other two, that still doesn't mean you want to leave yourself open to infection, open to a virus, open to anything that can invade your body that's going to make you sick. So I hope everybody out there is doing what they need to do. Uh, I want to thank our, you know, uh, first responders, doctors, nurses, everybody who's out there right now who's trying to help, you know, the high number of hospitalizations and the high number of people still getting infected uh, with these viruses. And just want to let you guys know that we thank you and we appreciate all the work you do around the world, helping people feel better, get better, uh, giving vaccinations out there to the people who want to get vaccinated, you know, and uh, um, and thank you everybody out there for still wearing your masks and doing what you need to do to continue to try and fight this virus the best that we can as a collective uh, uh, people around the world. But like I was saying earlier, uh, my crew's not joining us today. Uh, my heart's heavy with that. And no, this is not signed to come of me doing the shows on my own. Uh, this is just a, something where, like I said earlier, our schedules are conflicting. Uh, Juanita, who's a teacher, she's back at school. She's got all these things that she needs to do. Uh, uh, Raquel, one of our favorite storytellers. Uh, she also works for the school district and, uh, she is a coach. And so she has all kinds of sports, her kids, you know, different things, uh, going on so on and so forth. And so, uh, but we will be getting together soon. We, I do really want to start again next year. 
putting out more shows because even though we haven't been uh, making shows for the last couple months, uh, we still seem to have a really huge following. We're climbing ever so closely to a thousand uh, listens. This is episode 17. Um, I'm really happy that I'm able to do this today. It's something that I've been contemplating doing whether I should do it or not because I feel kind of awkward doing it on my own. But you know what? It's one of those things where I still got to kind of push forward a little bit. And I know that my other uh, team members from uh, the podcast as well as the Coachella Valley Paranormal Research Group would be okay with me doing this show and continuing our legacy, continuing to do shows, to put things out there, to keep us relevant so that we continue to have the people listening to us. Um, Facebook just put something out for us that I just sent to all my crew members too. Uh, told us about our 2021 uh, year. Uh, so according to that and the statistics and the analytics that they run, um, we had a few firsts. It was the first time we went international. Countries like Uruguay and uh, Mexico uh, became our top listeners um, around the world. Um, our numbers increased over 50%, uh, not just in uh, domestically, but internationally. You know, and, and it let me know that we have some uh, people out there who really listen to us religiously and who really love our show. Um, one of them being my wife, uh, Melissa, uh, who's from the beginning has supported me 150% on all the different podcasts that I do and have done, uh, and especially with this one, um, because we record out of my home and uh, where a lot of wives may not be okay with that, but my wife has been and I've been you know, so awesome that she's been able to support me the way she has because she knows how much love I have for the paranormal, for doing investigations, and for just, you know, the passion of of, uh, of wanting to do these types of uh, uh, podcasts. Um, on top of that, um, Austin, and I'm going to with, uh, with, withhold from using last names just so that people aren't looking them up on Facebook and bugging them about stuff. But uh, Austin, and you know who you are, Austin, uh, also one of our top listeners, and I really appreciate him very much. He's a good friend of mine. I've known him for a while now, probably uh, going on about three years, maybe more or less. Uh, he came to work at a place I was working at before the pandemic happened. Um, and then when the pandemic happened, we still worked together for a short while. But even after both of us stopped working for the restaurant we were at, uh, we still managed to stay in touch. We still managed to be friends. He goes on our annual camping trip with us. Uh, we, me and some friends of mine that I've known for many, many years, uh, we do an annual fishing trip, like a camping trip. You know, we go and we actually pitch tents in the whole nine and, and you know, do the whole camping thing, fishing, setting up you know, fires and all that good stuff. So uh, he joins us on that every year. So I just want to thank him as well. Uh, there's another guy out there that I want to thank, Luciano, who's been following my podcast since the very beginning, even before Weird Stories of the Paranormal. He listened to me when I was doing my podcast with my brother, uh, where we talked about collectibles. It was called uh, uh, Collect Me. Uh, then he also followed us when I was doing my podcast with my good friend Todd, uh, who I do miss doing my sports podcast with. Um, and now he's listened to a few of our episodes uh, while he's at work. Uh, 
you know, on the paranormal, on the uh, weird stories of the paranormal. So I just want to thank these people because uh, even if it was just them three listening to every podcast that we do, every show we do, uh, I appreciate the fact that they continue to listen and they find our show interesting and that they uh, want us to keep putting more content out there for everybody to listen to. So with all that being said, uh, just want to let everybody know everybody's doing good. I, you know, the team's doing good. I keep in contact with them the best that I can. As far as I know, everybody's still out there doing their thing, uh, being safe, working hard. Um, and like I said, hope to be able to get the crew back together to start doing shows again as soon as we can. And so, uh, but as for me, I've been doing good, just working a ton. That's probably one of the biggest reasons why uh, it's been a while since we've been able to do a podcast, uh, mostly because of the fact that the job that I'm in, because I don't know if a lot of you remember, uh, going back almost a year, I went back into the medical field in a sense, you know, I'm doing caregiving, I'm doing, uh, working with special type patients and, and so on, uh, that need special care. And so, uh, uh, because of that, and because of the fact that I'm fully vaccinated and a lot of people who still choose not to get vaccinated, um, they've been requesting my services because, you know, they just like the idea that I'm fully vaccinated and that I wear my mask and so on. And because I deal with a lot of elderly people, you know, they just want to feel safe and I can understand that. So my company, the people that I work for keep me very, very busy. And I appreciate that. I'm so grateful that I got a great job that I love to do and that they feel they need me as much as I need them. And they take care of me. Um, and so because of that, uh, it's very hard to find days that match with the rest of the crew to be able to do the podcast um, because I literally get Wednesday off today. Today's the one day. It just happens to be during the week when everybody else is busy, which kind of sucks for everybody else, right? And for myself and for our fans, because I know our fans would love to hear more shows from us. Um, so um, I'm going to do the best I can to try and work out a schedule uh, a personal schedule where I can start to do the podcast again with everybody. And so, but outside of that, everybody's been doing good. I've been doing good. And, and we hope everybody out there listen who listens to our podcast is doing good, uh, is staying safe. And so, uh, anyways, so today's podcast is going to be about something I did recently, just a few weeks ago. Um, so I know there's a lot of people who've heard about different trails that you could take, different paranormal uh, tours that you could take. Um, I went on one a few years back. Me and my wife went to Chicago, and she did a really great thing for me, and she booked me on a, a paranormal tour while we were in the city of Chicago that dealt with places that had to do with uh, mafia. Uh, so like uh, Al Capone and... Uh, Pretty Boy Floyd, and uh, where the Valentine's Day Saint uh, Valentine's Day Massacre happened, and so on and so forth. That was an awesome tour. Had a great time. Uh, it was a nice grouping of people. Uh, they took us basically to every site that we could walk to, anyways, because this was a walking tour. Uh, that uh, 
had to do with any kind of mafia dealings where people were either murdered or supposedly uh, there's ghosts of, of, you know, these mobsters that are still around hanging out in particular areas and so on and so forth. And it was a really great tour. It was the first one I'd ever done. Um, that was at least that, you know, inclusive and detailed and so on with an actual tour guide and everything. And it was a great time. I really appreciate my wife for doing that. So recently, she allowed me to go on a tour by myself because she was working and the rest of the crew were busy. So they really couldn't join me in doing what it is that I wanted to do on the tour that night. So I went alone. But I wasn't technically alone because obviously I wasn't the only one who signed up for this tour, right? So this tour was called the Black Star Canyon uh, Trail. And so uh, for a lot of people who don't know where that is, it's in Orange County, which is a uh, part of L.A. A lot of people recognize it as a part of L.A. And it's out in a city called Silverwood, I believe it is, or, or, or Silverado. So uh, the Black Star Canyon is out in the Santa, Ma uh, Santa Ana Mountains, which is a part of Orange County. And it's a hiking trail that a lot of people go on. And... Uh, this place is reported to have been one of the most haunted trails in all of California. Uh, Raquel, who's a part of our group, has actually gone on the trail. Uh, I talked to her a little bit about it, and she told me that she didn't really experience too much when she went the that time, but uh, that there was some things here and there, some instances and so on and so forth. So I was like, you know what? I really want to go on this tour. I've heard so much about it. It wasn't too far away from me. I, you know, it was within driving distance, uh, cool little town. Uh, so, uh, it's up in the hills, you know, it's mostly farms and ranches and things like that. I hit this cute little cafe that was out there cause I was hungry by the time I finally had driven out there. It's like a two hour drive, uh, old school, you know, uh, uh, barn type, you know, cafe where, you know, like little mom and pop shop, really cool, great food, uh, good prices. It's like maybe I want to say like three minutes from the actual Canyon. So it's not too far. So if anybody ever decided they wanted to go on this, uh, uh, trail or this tour, uh, they'd be able to find a place to eat, go to the bathroom. Uh, there's a little store right next door, like a general store. They got everything you need from medications to candy to sodas, waters, yada, yada. Um, I will let you know that if you are going to go in these times between November and like March, suit up really well. Make sure you take jackets, long pants. If you're taking kids with you, Make sure they have on good, uh, warm clothes because the canyon is very, very cold. It was even cold for a guy like me, and I'm a, you know, I'm a pleasantly plump kind of guy. So, uh, uh, but yeah, please, you know, make sure that you, uh, button up, put on, you know, uh, uh wear the right shoes because it's not a plateau type canyon where you gotta climb up hills or anything. Uh, it's pretty flat for the most part, but it's still dirt, rocks, and loose gravel. So wear the right shoes uh, so your feet don't get too tired because it is a long tour. And um, also so that you don't step on rocks and hurt your feet, things like that. So try to wear like some, some rough type tennis shoes or boots or things like that. 
And so uh, I found this tour, uh, this Paranormal Haunted Tour uh, for Black Star Canyon through a company called Haunted Orange County. They offer a variety of of uh, different tours. I believe they offer like five different tours that you can go on that talk about the city itself, uh, like San Juan Capistrano, uh, downtown Santa Ana, of course, the Black Star Canyon, and then downtown Fullerton, uh, all uh, domestic to uh, Orange County. I haven't been on any of the other tours. I plan to do that either with my wife or the crew. Um, and uh, But on this particular one, it's the only one that I know of that's an outdoor trail. So, yeah, anyways. Um, so, Black Star Canyon is known to be one of the most haunted trails in California. Uh, mostly haunted by uh, Native Americans. And there's... A lot of history to this place, a lot of stories uh, that we may, you know, always think of as f uh, fiction that, you know, people tell these stories that, that uh, 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 to scare people as you're going up the, the trail, yada, yada. But actually, no. Uh, uh, first, let me tell you, the guy who led the, the tour, I mean, he was in full regalia with a shovel, an old school iron or, or oil lamp, like like the kind you find in uh, in old school days, you know, like old cowboy days in, in Little House in the, the Prairie type setting. Uh, shovel, wore like a miner's outfit with a hat. You know, like this guy was just dressed up old school cowboy, right? Knew his history. Uh, says that he has some relation to a lot of the people who lived in that area that make this place haunted. I haven't been able to confirm that. I don't see any reason why he would lie to us, but he seemed pretty genuine. Really great guy. Answered questions, you know, really, really well. Uh, didn't cut people off as they were asking questions so that he could talk. And he was open to anything. It didn't matter what the question was, you know. I even asked him about alien sightings on a ghost tour. Uh, only because we were in, in, in an open space. You look up and you can see the millions of stars in the sky because everything around you is dark. Uh, they ask you not to use a light or lamps too much or, or flashlights or your phone. Uh, just so that everybody can get the, the whole authentic feel of the spookiness and paranormal and scariness of the area that we were, you know, on the trail. But the guy did a bang-up job uh, uh, giving uh, the history of the area. And all the stories he told us, with the exception of a couple that he even admitted he can't confirm. But a lot of the stories he told us of families that lived on those hills that either died, committed suicide, or were murdered. He says you could fact check them, you could Google it, and that these are real people who experienced these real un unspeakable atrocities. Uh, so I don't want to get too much into the stories uh, that he was talking about because I would like you guys to experience that yourself. What I will get into, of course, is what actually happened while we were out there. And let me tell you, it's the perfect setting because, like I said, number one, he, he uh, told us not to use lights too much. Now, he didn't say we couldn't use our phones or camera phones or video. He said we could. Just do it respectfully. 
so that you don't take away from the experience of all the other people. Because everybody paid money to go on this tour. And I believe I, it wasn't even that expensive. It was like 25 bucks a person. I'm not sure if they charge kids less money to get on this tour uh, because they're smaller or whatever. But there were people there with their kids, you know, 10, 12 years old in that age range. Uh, well, I'm lying. There was actually one lady with a baby. I don't know why you take a baby on a tour like that, but that's her business. And nothing happened to the baby. The baby's okay, folks. Don't worry. So, uh... Uh, but like I said, it was like $25 uh, to get out, to go on the tour. Well worth the money. Uh, believe me, it costs a lot more money to get into haunted houses and to get into supposed places like, you know, that are haunted like the, the Winchester house and, and the Whaley house and so on and so forth. They charge a lot more money uh, to do tours there. Not to get in and walk around, but to actually do tours. So I thought it was a good price, a good atmosphere, but from the moment you cross the gate, you get a fear of eeriness. You get a feeling of eeriness. You get, like, not so much paranormal, but, you know, just, you know, our, as human beings, our minds work so oddly and weirdly. You know, the mind is something that nobody really understands 100%. So, you know, you go into that mindset of, like, what the heck is that or what's that or did I just feel something kind of thing, you know? On top of the fact that there's actual wild animals out there. Now, don't get scared. I'm not going to scare you guys away from going on this tour. You're not going to get attacked by bears or bobcats or anything like that. They, uh, There are animals out there. They keep to themselves. They don't come on the trail when they see people um, unless provoked. That's the biggest part of it, people. Don't provoke animals. Don't think it's a joke. Don't think it's funny because you may not like the ending to that story if you do something like that. But, I mean, there was no snakes, no bugs, no nothing like that. There wasn't animals flying around or nothing. You could hear owls out in the distance. Uh, there was the one that actually flew over our head. You could hear it uh, hooting as it passed by. But, I mean, outside of that, nothing really dangerous. Um, there is bobbed wire fence. Uh, because a lot of it is private property. So keep that in mind, folks. You guys, the trail that they allow you to walk on is public and it's a part of the park. But there's a lot of private property around there. And they do have their uh, fences wired with barbed wire. Uh, and some of them even have electric fence. So you do want to be careful if you do decide to take this tour. Um, and, and just be responsible, people. Uh, you know, use common sense. Uh, I know that there's a lot of kids that like to go on tours like this. They think everything's a joke. Um, but, you know, it's all fun and games so somebody loses an eye. And I don't know if you've ever heard that analogy before. But, but you know, I, I grew up with it. And it's true. You know, when you're young, you always think everything's so funny and joking around. And, oh, I was just joking. I was just joking. But you could also cost somebody something. And you don't want to be responsible for that. I'm just... You know, just saying, just putting it out there for those people who are young and want to go out there and have a good time. Be responsible with the people that are around you as well as yourself. So, so like I said, they have uh, um, the Bob Ward fence. So that right off the bat gives you an eerie feel because Bob Ward fence is just scary, right? Uh, they have uh, electric fences out there. Uh, 
You do got to watch your step because there is some places where there's like potholes, uh, not deep. You're not going to sink into the ground or nothing like that, but you are going to step on something and kind of trip yourself up a little bit. Um, there is animals out there that, like I said, people walk their dogs out there. Some of them are responsible dog owners. Some of them aren't. So you also got to be careful because it's dark and you just may walk into a pile of poop. Uh, it did happen that night. Uh, I was warning everybody, poop, poop, as I was walking, you know, down the trail, and uh, somebody ended up stepping in it anyways. They, I guess, they were too busy on their phone to pay attention. Um, and that's the other thing that that you know, while you're on the trail, is you know, look out for your fellow man and your fellow woman and your fellow children. Um, if you see something in the road that uh, could potentially harm somebody or hurt somebody or cause their kids to get hurt, let people know. It's not that hard. Just be like, hey, there's a stick in the road. There's poop in the road. There's a hole right here that, you know, you don't want to step in. It may tweak your ankle a little bit, whatever it may be, um, you know, but, you know, just try to be safe and look out for everybody. It's it's a good thing to do, especially at this time when, when there's so much negativity in the world with the whole COVID situation, you know, it'd be nice to know that there's people out there who still care and want to help out everybody. So, uh, as we go on the tour, it's kind of lit up in the beginning. Uh, there's street lamps, things like that in the beginning. Cause it's, it's a park. Um, as you get about, I want to say 50 feet in, you feel the cold come in and you feel the light just disappear. You can see the light in the distance um, because light obviously is bright and, and, and you can see it, but it gets dark, dark enough to be able to like uh, uh, not see what you're where you're going. In some instances, there's some parts that are shrouded in trees, very tall, you know, very branchy trees. And so as you're passing through, you really can't see a whole lot. Uh, some people did use their, their uh, uh, flashlights. I did myself. I mean, I'm not afraid of the paranormal. That's why I do this, because I love it. I'm also not trying to bang my knee or twist my ankle falling in, you know, uh, falling down or anything like that. But as you walk in, like I said, you start to get this feeling of eeriness, like, like of, not a, I don't want to say a depression, because it's not a depression. It's more like, a, like you can feel like sadness around you, you know, um, and I don't know if that has a lot to do with the stories that they told us along the way, uh, because there are stories of murder and suicide uh, along the trail that the trail guy uh, who leads the trail, uh, uh, you know, uh, tells you. So it could be that it could be a little bit of me and everybody else just waiting for the inevitable scary thing to happen. But we got like 15 minutes in, and one girl that was uh, on one side of me, I think she was there with her husband, right away said, can you hear that boom? And everybody was stopped real quick. The tour guide stopped, and he's like, uh, what boom? And she's like, yeah, I can hear a boom. And we were like, uh, okay, well, maybe there's a boom in your ear, and nobody's telling you about it. Your husband knows about this thing going on with you, and he hasn't told you anything about it. Who knows? But nobody can hear a boom. And she's like, it sounds like Indian drums or like somebody's dropping a book. Not an explosion, not a kapow, but a boom, she said. Like somebody dropping a, a book flat on the ground, that thud that it makes, right? So we were all kind of, you know, 
caught off guard by that because we couldn't hear any of that going on. Uh, so we keep going, keep walking around. He stops us, tells us a couple stories about people in the area, the local indigenous people who who uh, grew up there and the different tribes that are involved in being in that area uh, that were around at that time. And she stops us and tells us again, are you guys serious? You can't hear that boom? And I'm like, no. And, you know, of course, in my defense, I'm old and hard of hearing. So I didn't. I couldn't really validate what she was saying because of the fact that I probably hear a little bit less than most people. Um, but nobody else could hear it, and it was it was a trip. So we continue to mosey along the trail. There, he continues to tell us stories, uh, um, and uh, all of a sudden you hear like this, what I can only describe as like a brush. Uh, something walking through like the brush, probably about 10, 15 feet in front of us. I turn my flashlight on this, on the road. Don't see nothing crossing the road. I, I'm assuming it's an animal. Uh, everybody else is probably assuming the same thing. We never see anything cross in front of us. The sound of the branches that it's disturbing stops. But it was enough just to freak us all out. Uh, and then the girl says there it is again but this time i heard it i did and i don't care what anybody tells me you know i know there's a lot of skeptics i've been confronted by skeptics many times who tell me what they think they want me to have heard or seen but i'm not an idiot i have a decently high iq i'm a very smart guy and it really bugs me when people tell me what they think I heard or saw because I'm not stupid. I know what I heard and saw, you know, uh, and I'm not a crowd follower. I don't, I'm not the kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I seen. I think I seen. No, I, I'm a skeptic before I'm anything else. But I heard the boom that time. And yeah, sure enough, exactly to the T, which she described a book like falling off a shelf and hitting on the ground flat like a like a thud uh, or, or like an, a like a drum, like a like an Indian, uh, a Native American drum beat, and it threw me off because, just like in everything in life, uh, uh, validation can mean anything, can mean everything to somebody. You know, s scientists do it all the time. It's called peer review. They don't just say, "Oh, well, you know, we know that we live in a solar system and there's black holes and there's dark matter and yada yada." They actually send their work out before anything is published so that they can get a peer review, make sure that everything that they're talking about, the mathematics are actually working out the way they said they did. And then once their peers agree to a certain degree with them on everything, then they can put it out there. And it's validation for that scientist, right? That, that what they said was out there could possibly be out there. So the girl all of a sudden sets like, you know, like, like the sigh of relief because I heard it, but I wasn't the only one though. There was two other people that heard it, another man and some other lady that was there. I don't know if they were a couple or just friends or whatever, but they were in a group of their own of, of like four people. But they heard it. I heard it. She heard it. The tour guide hadn't heard it. He says he never heard nothing like that before, which is unusual and kind of odd because he's the tour guide. And I'm sure he's done that tour a plethora of times. But. She got validation, and I, and I heard it. I know I heard it, and, and who knows what it was. It very well could have been anything. I mean, there's 
there's abandoned mines out there. There could have been something under the ground, you know, like a something falling. It could have been anything, right? But we heard it. For damn sure we heard it. There's no doubt about it. So as we're walking along, we get to this point where uh, he says that there's a guy who owns this land, right? And you can walk up this hill and there's this big giant wooden gate. All electrified, barbed wire and everything. He wants everybody to stay off his property, obviously. And uh, But as you're walking up, you kind of see shadows. And it was, I mean, I, and, we, and I've done a show on this before, people. We've talked about this with my group and everybody. That's it, something called pareidolia, where your mind wants to see stuff. Uh, like like a unicorn in the clouds or or a Loch Ness monster, you know. So you see the waves and you see what you think is a head popping out. But your eyes can construct things for you sometimes. Uh, or, or like in the old days, back in the days, this is way before some of you youngsters even uh, know about. But uh, they used to have this thing called popcorn ceilings. So in your room, you go in and you lay down in your bed, you look up at the ceiling, and there was all these little like white, small like white icicle things i guess is the best way to describe it like popcorn uh, and it was called popcorn ceiling and there would be times where you look up and you could make a face make something out of it because it wasn't a uniform design it was kind of just uh sponged up there you know and so i'm thinking you know pareidolia is a very powerful thing if you can you know if you let it get a hold of your imagination right but I wasn't the only one seeing this. There was a couple other people who saw it. Some other people said, no, nah, we didn't see anything. Uh, we all start flashing pictures. I take video. Obviously, don't capture a whole lot. Um, but there was this one lady. It was her and her husband. And uh, she was taking pictures of that area. And where all of us either caught darkness or used a flash to try and light everything up. She was taking pictures. And her pictures for some weird, odd reason in that area, were coming out with color. There was yellow, purple, red, green, blue, brown, like the weirdest kind of like hyper color type colors. I told her, what do you have your setting on? She's like, I don't have it on anything. It's on normal. And the husband like, yeah, she's got it on, on a normal setting. She didn't put like, you know, like a filter or, or any kind of graphics to make the picture look more whatever, whatever. I took her phone from her. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I don't like to be shown things that people are just messing with me. I don't like that. You know, if you're, if you're just going to hoax your way through things like that, you're better off not coming because a lot of us are really looking for actual proof of the paranormal. We don't like hoax. We don't like hoaxers or, or or fake people who are just there to mess with other people, you know? But I got her phone. I'm like, hey, do you mind if I look at your phone real quick? I looked at her phone. I looked at her settings. Sure enough, her settings were normal. Normal. There was no anything added to the pictures. She was the only one that caught these pictures. It looked like it was a rainbow of who knows what as she took these pictures. One of the most amazing oddest things I've ever seen. And I've taken thousands of pictures with my team. Uh, we've gone to so many different locations to take pictures, Queen Mary, houses, ranches. I've never seen anything like that in my life, especially because we were all taking pictures of the same area. 
So what made her pictures light up with colors and what made mine just regular old lighted pictures? I have no clue. But at this point, I'm thinking, is this the most haunted place I've ever been? At that point, I'm thinking probably not. But it is a very strange place based on what we have now experienced. And so we've only been into this tour for maybe about 35, 40 minutes. So to me, if you've only been on a tour for 35, 40 minutes and you've already experienced booming, you've experienced what we can only explain is rustling in, in, in a bush by probably an animal, but who knows, uh, shadows that we could at least make outward shadows walking around in front of this uh, uh, abandoned or not abandoned, but this uh, this uh, wooden gate right next to an abandoned uh, 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 coal mine. And then you had the pictures of this lady who's taking these weird pictures who nobody else could capture. We were all facing the same direction. We all took pictures in the same area, but yet hers came out with colors galore. It, it was just odd and crazy and weird, but so freaking cool at the same time. And anybody who loves the paranormal, who loves to go on these types of tours, investigations, you know what I'm thinking when I'm saying that it was an awesome moment because that's what paranormal investigators dream of. Like, like uh, we, we hope to find the evidence or at least some type of evidence of paranormal happenings. That's why we do what we do. Because we want to be able to show the world, hey, you don't got to believe me, but this is what I saw. This is what I caught, you know, and it's nice to be able to do that sometimes. And so, you know, you're adding all these all these things up and it just starts to and it just starts to, to throw you off a little bit. So we go a little bit further. Guy keeps telling us stories about, you know, what's happened and who got murdered and, and who blah, blah, blah. And. uh so we walk up close to this area that is all barbed wire fenced off, electric fenced the whole night. And now it's my turn, right? Because for some reason, whatever was going on that night was not going to be happy unless multiple people had an experience. So as we're walking up, I can only tell you that what I heard, it sounded like a river running water. Maybe not gushing like a full-fledged river, but I could hear at least something that sounded like a creek. There was running water, rocks. You know, I, I've been fishing thousands of times, so I know what water passing over rocks sounds like. I know what a stream sounds like, you know, and I could hear it clear as day. I get my flashlight and I start looking. I'm doing this all on my own with, without anybody because I don't want anybody to come and be like, oh, what are you, what's going on, yada, yada. Like, like I want to be able to verify this on my own. I want to make sure that I'm not going crazy, number one. Number two, that if there is water down there, okay, sigh of relief. There's water down there, and that's exactly what it was. I'm getting as close to the electric fence as I possibly can without getting myself electrocuted, right? And uh, shine my flashlight. Now, my flashlight, just imagine it's a... Uh, 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 a giant spotlight like the kind that they use in a parking lot when they want to draw crowds to a to a party or something my flashlight is bright it's actually my wife's flashlight thank you for letting me borrow it uh, uh wifey and uh it's a very very bright flashlight so when i 
shine this thing, I could see clear into what is supposed to be a creek, but there's no water there. There's nothing there. And it blows my mind because I could hear the water. I could hear the water. Now, it's weird because I nobody else heard it. I walk up to the tour guide as he's, you know, answering questions for some people. And I'm like, so is there normally a, a river that runs through here? And he's like, yeah. He's like, so so often during, I think, uh, in, in uh, springtime or something like that, uh, when everybody's out there doing their, you know, work and they're cultivating, because there are a lot of ranches and farms out there, right? Uh, they will uh, unleash or open up this dam that's near there and let some water out, and part of that water runs through there. They don't do that during this time of the year because of the fact that it gets so cold, it just freezes, and it makes no sense to run water if it's just going to freeze, right? And he's like, why? What's up? And I'm like, dude, because I could hear water right there. I heard a river flowing. I'm like, nobody else heard that? And he's like, I didn't hear it. He's like, I don't know about anybody else. And I'm like, anybody? I mean, I don't want to be the only crazy one here, right? And they're like, no, man, we didn't hear nothing, but that's crazy that you could hear it. And I'm like, yeah, I, I am not making this up. I heard the water flowing. I, fla I flashed my flashlight in there. Couldn't see nothing. It was crazy. But I got to at least experience that what the noise was i have no idea i mean it, at the same time like i said i'm a skeptic before i'm anything else i want to believe that it's paranormal that it was something that happened um but i also have to stick to reality and know that sometimes seeing and hearing can be misleading but as far as i'm concerned that's what i heard so that episode happens we continue on our tour we keep walking up right and uh now, this whole time from a certain point, which once we reach that river area that I'm telling you about and on, you can't see anything. I, I, it was so dark, I couldn't even see that there was even a area there for water to even run through. That's how dark it is, right? Like, those, it's not like I saw what looked like could have been a creek, and then I'm like, oh, I hear water. You know, like all of a sudden my, my imagination starts to run wild because I saw what looked like a creek bed or, or something or a riverbed. No, I, could, I didn't know what was out there for all I know. I flashed my flashlight and it would have been a giant hill. I didn't know. I, that's what I'm saying. I wasn't making it up. I didn't know what was out there. It wasn't until I flashed my flashlight that I could see that there was what looked like water that could have ran through an area. It just wasn't water at that moment. But that's how dark it is, right? So, as we're continuing on this tour, the tour guide, in his head, of course, we find out later on, in his head, he's already knowing what to expect. But he doesn't say anything to us, right? He wants to see if any of us in the tour pick up on this. So, as we're walking up, I can only describe to you people, to anybody out there who's willing to listen to me be this crazy, I can only describe what looked like a pair of legs, but no body, about 15, 16, 17 yards away from me. Now, at first, I'm like, it's pareidolia. I'm seeing something that I shouldn't be seeing. I kept my mouth shut, though. I stayed quiet. I didn't see anything. I didn't, or I didn't say anything, I mean. I know what I saw, but I stayed quiet because now I'm waiting for somebody else, right? 
Sure enough, one of the other girls is like, is that a guy standing over there? And I'm like, where? She's like, over there, by that tree. And I'm like, okay, so you see it too. And then the guy next to her is like, yeah, he's like, I saw it like five or ten minutes ago, but I didn't want to say anything because I thought everybody's going to be like, ah, oh, he's just making things up to make the tour scarier. And that's when the tour guide steps in and he's like, ah, so I was waiting for somebody to say something. But in this stretch right here of, of road, um, there was a so-and-so who was killed there. He was run over. And uh, people have reported on numerous times, uh, different tours that he's done, uh, uh, you know, at different, uh, different times, that they've all seen what looks like a man following the group, um, a shadow man following the group. Some people report to only see his upper body. Some people report to only see his lower body. And only the luckiest have seen a full shadow man standing out there looking at the group. Now, I'm not the type that easily freaks out. <laughs> I don't normally, you know, like, like I don't get like that chill in the back of my neck when somebody tells me a place is haunted. But that got me. Because I, like I said before, folks, uh, I'm not smarter than anybody, but I'm not dumb either. You know, and I know what I saw. And I, I don't want to make things up just to make things sound exciting, to make this, this tour seem really cool. I don't need to. You know, go on the tour whether you believe me or not. I know what I saw. I saw two legs, two shadow legs. You know, I didn't get to see the full operation like uh, like one of the other people did. But I saw what I saw, and it it, it at that point it gets it got creepy. I'm not gonna lie, it got creepy because now we're out in the middle of nowhere. Now you're starting to think about you know Nightmare on Elm Street and 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 uh, Jason and all these characters and movies that we've seen in the past. You know, when we were kids or, or growing up. And it's like, is there some guy out there with a freaking machete that's ready to come out here and, like, hack us all up or something? Like, you know, although I did take my knife with me, I'm not going to lie. Because, not so much because I want to hurt a person, but if, like, a bobcat or something was to, like, unexpectedly just pop out, you know, I'm ready to go to, to war with this bobcat, you know? That's why I carry a hunter's knife with me, just in case. Um, But, uh, yeah, so it, it was just, it was, it started to get creepy at that point because... It's one thing when you let your imagination run wild and you start to hear and see things that aren't there. It's another thing when other people see the same thing you hear, see or, or hear the same thing you hear, and you see these things yourself, and it's like, what the heck was that? It's creepy. It's weird. It's cool. It's fascinating. It's interesting. It's it's so many things on so many different levels, right? Like 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 I said before, it's it's what paranormal people want to capture on video, want to capture on, on their pictures when they take pictures. So, of course, all of us start snapping our pictures. Do we catch anything? No. Unfortunately, we don't catch anything on our cameras, camera phones. Uh, I did a video, didn't get anything on video. Um, it's, it's, it's so tough to do that, too. Like, it's hard to capture pictures and video of paranormal uh, events, you know? You know, I know a lot of people try the hardest that they can, and, and, and it makes it Excuse me, it makes it worse when you go on YouTube and uh, and now TikTok and all these different, um, you know, uh, media platforms. And people put so much fake content out there, so much hoax content out there, because it ruins it for all the rest of us who are actually trying to capture real things or who have captured real things on camera, on a picture, because then everybody starts to think it's fake. Why? Because 
you know, Joe Blow over here is putting all this content and everybody knows it's fake, you know? And it kind of messes with, with you and stuff like that. So, you know, so everybody's kind of creeped out at this point. We're climbing more up the hill. And uh, he's telling us more stories. And then we reach a point where he's like, uh, so, I'm sorry, but this is as far as I go. I don't go past this point. And I'm thinking in my head, why? Like, why? You know what I mean? Like, like, what's up with that? He's like, but you guys are free to explore however you want. Uh, go ahead and, you know, as many people want to walk up about 5 uh, or 15 to 20 feet up the hill this way or the rest of you can head back the way we were and just take pictures videos whatever you guys want to do if you guys got questions yada yada blah 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 and so on and so forth and uh so me like a few of the other people that were there we decided we didn't want to walk back where we had already seen and come from we wanted to walk more up the hill and try to understand why he only goes to a certain point so part of the reason is once you walk up and you hit this curb, there's this open space. And the freaking windshield is horrible. Like, it was cold the whole time walking up there. But once you reach this one point, because you actually kind of have to walk up a hill. It's kind of elevated a little bit. And so, uh, once you do that, you hit this curve, right? And once you hit that curb, it's like an open area. And all that Santa Ana wind blows through, and oh my God, my bones hurt. I felt like I was in zero degree weather, you know? Uh, so that's part of it. Uh, the other part is, as you walk up higher, uh, it starts to become private property. There's a gate on the left-hand side and a gate on the right-hand side. Big giant signs that say, do not cross, you will be shot. Now, I would hate to think that these people really want to kill other people, but I also am not the type that likes to tempt the fates. Uh, if somebody says they're going to shoot me, I believe them. Whether they're willing to do that or not, I don't care. I'm going to listen to how I feel about it. <laughs> and my gut tells me if somebody says they're going to shoot me, I don't want to take those kinds of chances. So we went as far as we could. Uh, it's had this really horrible smell of sulfur because there's a sulfur spring that's up there. Um, took a few pictures. Chit-chatted with the other people, asked them what they thought about the tour. They really enjoyed it. I mean, matter of fact, there was I don't think there was anybody on the tour that said that they didn't like it. Everybody felt like they liked it, thought it was really cool, had a great time. Not everybody got to experience stuff. But, hey, you know, it happens. You know, sometimes you can go to a certain what is considered to be scary area. You don't experience anything. Then you go a couple months later to another area that somebody says is haunted. And then you see and feel things, right? Um, and, and it happens, you know, but I would really have loved to have caught something on my camera though. I took what seems like 200 pictures. I caught what I consider to be kind of scary things like wannabe faces. I, I blew them up, but it, it was really just pixelation and stuff like that, you know, for my camera, yeah, a lot of dust because we're walking on a dirt road. So a lot of the pictures you take are full of dirt, you know, um, we did continue to hear the boom sound all the way up the canyon and all the way back down uh, after the tour was over. And, uh, you know, and so we started making our way back down. Uh, I asked him about the aliens, and he did say this. He says that a, a few tours back, uh, somebody had told him. He didn't experience this himself. This is a, a, a first-hand account. 
but somebody who works in the area said that one time they were driving up that uh, 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 road and that he looked to the left and there's a certain part where you see this big giant like old. Now, that's another thing I forgot to tell you now. The things you see out there are scary and spooky looking. And then when you flash your light on them, you find out that they're old trees that like are hundreds of years old. Some of them even thousands of years old. Right? And so this guy's driving up the hill. Looks to the left-hand side. And there's like this giant, like one of the bigger hills that's in this area. Probably if I had to take a guess, I obviously didn't measure the, the, the hill. But if I had to take a guess, I would say it was probably about a good 60, maybe... 50, 60 feet high, yeah, you know, and what the guy told the, the tour guide guy uh, of his account was that he's driving up, he sees these lights at the top of the mountain, he thinks it's hikers, but the lights aren't moving, they're not floating around, they're not doing anything, they're just stationary, right on top of the ridge of this hill, right, he could see them pretty clear, because 50, 60 feet sounds like a lot, but it really isn't. And so, uh, as he's checking these lights out, because they're pretty bright, uh, they're in succession, there's five of them, I think he said, uh, along the ridge, all of a sudden, one by one, they just all start to pop up. And so he's thinking, okay, are they hikers? Are they getting ready to move? And as they're all popping up, when the fifth one finally popped up, all five lights just go straight up into the sky. So, unless the hikers had backpack uh, or, or parachutes or... Or, or uh, jetpacks or something crazy, you know, otherworldly. He says that it was aliens. I mean, like I said, the, the, the tour guide that we had wasn't a first-hand account. The story was told to him by somebody. He's telling us um, that people have said that they've seen UFOs out there. Nobody's ever seen an alien. Uh, but that is one of the most... Uh, and I guess the reason why he likes to tell that story is because he knows the guy who told him the story very, very well. Uh, he's a local guy who everybody knows, can trust. I guess he's a trustworthy guy. And so for him to lie about something just because, it's not normal, you know. So he says that even though he didn't get to see that himself, that he feels that that guy was telling him the truth, that he really did see that, that he really did see what he thought were five lights sitting at the ridge of a hill and then just all of a sudden take off into the sky. So who knows? It, it could have been anything, though. It could have it could have been anything. There could have been somebody out there with, uh, what do they call those things those kids like to fly around nowadays? Uh, drones. It could have been drones. Who knows, right? All he knows is what he saw, and that's what matters because it's the truth to him. Just like I saw legs out there, I heard a boom, I heard a river, that's all my truth. And whether people want to believe me or not, that's totally up to them, you know. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. I've never been the type that's like, oh, you got to listen to me, you got to believe me. No, it's, it is what it is, man. I hope you believe this. I hope I can prove it to you one day. I hope I can show you something that's inevitably, inevitable proof that there's some kind of paranormal existence in this world that, that we've always wanted to know about that we can now prove. Uh, I hope that day comes, you know, so that we can show all the skeptics, not that they're wrong because they're entitled to their beliefs, but hey, maybe there's something more out there than you thought there was. You know what I mean? So that's my story for today, folks. Uh, my experience on the Black Star Canyon Trail. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I hope you guys enjoyed me uh, doing my first podcast by myself. Uh, without the crew 
And uh, I plan to have the crew with me with me the next time we do a show because I don't want to do too many of these shows without them because it's not it's it it's fun. Don't get me wrong. I'm not gonna say it's not fun. It's a great time. I'm having a good time talking to you guys right now and letting you guys know my experience of what I experienced out there in the canyon. But it's always fun when I got the uh, reactions and interaction with the with with my crew here uh, doing the podcast with me. So. I want to thank you guys again for listening. You guys are awesome. Thank you, thank you for making 2021 a great year for our podcast. We we did so many uh, first time things with you as fans. Uh, we built such a great fan base. We put out more episodes in 2021 than we put out, you know, period. Well, but then again, we barely started in November of 2020, so that's that says a lot, right? And uh, once again, I want to thank all of our frontline workers out there, all the doctors, nurses, paramedics, EMTs, everybody out there, the people who are giving uh, uh, vaccines and, 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 and doing testing and, and everything, everybody out there who's just really trying to help us get a, you know, a handle on this COVID thing, even though it continues to change on us so much. But I just want to thank you guys because uh, I know how tough it is. You know, I work in that field and I've been doing it for almost a year now. Um, I used to do it before, but COVID wasn't around at that time. Um, and now COVID is, 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 you know, being what it is, you know, I got to take all these different precautions now to make sure that my patients and my clients are, are well taken care of and that, and that they're not going to get sick or nothing's going to happen to them. You know, so I just want to thank all the frontline workers. I want to thank everybody out there who's trying to bring everybody back to normal or our new normal. You know, all the schools out there who are doing the best that they can and, uh, and everybody out there who's getting their, their vaccines, wearing their masks and, and doing everything they can, you know, for, for human kind and, and their and their and their uh, uh, fellow man i really appreciate that so i'm gonna let you guys go it's been a blast i'm glad i was able to come back with a brand new show i really really enjoyed it i hope you guys enjoyed it too looking forward to the next show we get to do episode 18 and uh, you guys take care please please stay safe we love you fan base we love you guys very much all you guys out there who listen to us in all the different countries not just domestically here in, in the united states but everybody around the world who takes time to listen to us people who have nothing better to do than to tell you scary stories that we hope pique your interest and make you want to continue to listen to us so we thank you uh our uh our uh email address is um Weird Stories of the Paranormal, uh, 2015, at gmail.com. Uh, once again, we thank you guys very, very much. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, and you can also find our uh, our investigation team, uh, uh, our Coachella Valley Paranormal Research Group. Um, and so we thank you again, once again, and I will talk to you guys later. Have a good night. I also wanted to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas, a very Happy Holidays. Please be safe, and we will see you guys in the new year. 